This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Available every day during the Cricket World Cup. This is the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. Stark's on his way, bowls and Rashid hits that into the offside, he's caught. And a thoroughly disappointing performance by England comes to an end. They've lost here to Australia, it's been a convincing victory for them. They've lost by 64 runs, it's another failure to chase. And that does put England in a spot of trouble now, and Australia through to the semi-finals, so well done them. Welcome to Lords, where England have had a nightmare day, outplayed by Australia and defeated by 64 runs. If they weren't looking nervously over their shoulders before, they certainly are now, with Pakistan, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh all right in the hunt for the semi-finals. Let's get straight into our reaction with Alex Stewart, Jim Maxwell and first, Michael Vaughan. From BBC Radio 5 Live, this is the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Fact is, Michael, it's, it's, it shouldn't come to a point of what other people have got to do or who's got to fail against what. In, in England have failed, and, and that's the bottom line. Well, they're, they're not playing well enough. You know, you, you have to look at um, many aspects of their performances in the World Cup. You know, they, they, they batted first against Bangladesh in Cardiff, got a big, big score. Uh, they won a good toss at uh, the Hampshire Bowl. Bowl the West Indies out, chased that down convincing. They lost against Pakistan at Trent Bridge we all expected them to, to win that the performance against Sri Lanka that, that is that is the one that I think we're going to be talking about a lot over the course of the next week or so because there's no way they should have lost that game today against Australia up against a, quite a powerful outfit you know I, I've just said on commentary I think if Owen Morgan had his time again he would have batted you know having seen the pitch play the way that it did hindsight's wonderful I think many out there would have done exactly the same as Owen Morgan. Aaron Finch would have bowled as well. So you can understand England didn't bowl well enough. But to lose to Australia on a given day like this, you can do that. You can have an off day and you, you, your team can arrive and not play to the standard that, that you would expect. That, 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 that happens. But losing to Sri Lanka should not happen. And that's why England are in this position. And that's why they've given themselves a huge mountain to climb now mm. that they go and play India. And from the pitches that I've seen at Edgebaston, that is the one venue you won't want to play India. A slow, very similar to what we've seen here, what we saw at Headley on Friday. It'll be a fresh pitch, I think. England have had their one used one of the tournament, so it'll be well, a... This was a fresh pitch. A fresh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Headley yeah. was a fresh pitch. Yeah. You know, it, they will be slow, and England have got to find a way of being able to bowl a bit fuller and bowl to the stu- hit the stumps. Yeah. They've got to look more alert in the field. You know, I didn't think they looked on it for the first 15, 20 overs. I didn't think there were the same England side in warm-ups this morning, that they'll be able to tell you why I don't know what was happening but they looked a team that arrived today knowing that they could lose the game I've not seen that from England for for a few years they generally arrive we'll have a right good go at the opposition and we're going to make it very difficult for them I didn't see that from the England side this morning here's the man of the match Aaron Finch and he's uh, with Mike Atherton down at the far end of the ground receiving his trophy for that uh, excellent century that he scored today let's hear from Aaron your 15th ODI 100 I think your best Ah, oh, I didn't play too badly. I think uh, any time you contribute to a team win, I think that's, that's the most important thing. There's been a few hundreds there that have, that have been losses. They're, they're pretty hollow, so it's nice to get one in a win. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the context, the magnificence of the occasion, the importance of the occasion, all adds a bit of gloss to it. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, to get sent in on a wicket that was seeming around a bit and get through that initial tough period, I mean, 
Wokesy bowled a hell of a spell and then for him to go seven in a row up front and we were hoping he'd quit after five and uh, and they'd change bowler but he, he kept coming so to get through that and, and set a reasonable foundation with Davey at the top of the order was nice. Um, 7.30-800 against England, does that give you confidence coming into a game like this, the fact that you as an individual have had success against England before? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, there's teams that you that you sort of just have a bit more confidence when you walk out and play, and, and I've got enough low scores in there as well, so you, you have to take the good with the bad at times. And dare I say, it was a bit like test match conditions this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nipping around, it was seeming. Um, I think that we, we played quite well to sort of rein it in and, and make sure that we're as tight as we could be for that initial period, and then just try and cash in on any width. Well played. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well played indeed, uh, Aaron Finch, and he'll be he'll be pleased. Uh, Jim Maxwell's uh, uh, here, of course, to enjoy that win. I mean, he he'll be pleased actually that Atherton made the point there about the testing conditions and opening the batting and the, and the test match conditions and so on. I mean, Aaron, you know, just a little hint there about to uh, Aaron Finch about uh, well played to those conditions. Mm. Well, you know, there's another agenda out there which we're not bothering about too much at the moment, but uh, it's the standing of Aaron Finch as a test cricketer, not just a one-day cricketer. Will he be forcing his way into the Australian squad if and when it's named in, in the next couple of weeks? That in itself is going to be a fascinating announcement with Matthew Wade belting out all sorts of fast runs in one-day cricket and the A-team. Does he fit into the side? So uh, that's another story. But at the moment, Australia just continue to grow in this tournament, match mm. by match. I think today they probably got their bowling better than the, any other game. I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah. I've seen two or three, maybe three or four, actually, Australian games now, and they, they look a much more all-round team there to, to, to me. I mean, in the other games I've seen, they didn't quite have that support for Cummins and Stark, but that was... Well, obviously, Berendorf had a great day today. He took five for 44, a better all-round side today than that, I think. They were very, very good, mm. I thought, throughout. And uh, although England didn't do themselves justice, was, was it nervousness, whatever it was, uh, they didn't get it right with the bowling this morning didn't pitch it up enough I, I think Archer in particular and Australia got away to a, a start that, that could have been wonky they made a, a pretty good score when you look at the history of chasing on this ground 285 was always going to be a very hard task to get through and then we saw the ball swing what's going on these kookaburras aren't supposed to swing you've brought your own balls Jim that's right <laughs> If I were in Australia, I wouldn't be asking at the moment, Jim, why, why you managed to swing the ball and we didn't, OK? <laughs> That's all we've got, Jim, don't worry. <laughs> Alec Stewart. <laughs> um, what do you think? Poor, very poor. You know, it's, it almost wasn't a contest. 64 runs, mm. it was actually a bigger defeat than that, and I felt, because apart from probably the last 14 overs of when England bowled and they got back into the game and actually restricted Australia to 285 instead of probably 330 that was the only time where I thought this is a decent England side yeah. the way they started off with the ball was poor the way they started off with the bat they were outdone by more intelligent bowling and I just couldn't understand their game plan apart from Ben Stokes who's a wonderful cricketer mm. the rest of the batting looking at them I didn't ever look out there and think they're actually trying to construct a partnership to knock off this total it was almost let's go bang 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 there was a little bit of that with Butler and, and Stokes for a short time then once Stokes had gone everyone just fell by the wayside it's interesting isn't it and that we've talked a lot about the approach of England which has been very successful let's be honest in these last four years but but the trouble is it can make you 53 for four 
and, 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 and that's the problem, isn't it? If you're going to go out and play like that. And, uh, but the games they've lost, they've all lost almost in the same pattern. And that's my issue. If you do something wrong, try and learn from those mistakes so you don't repeat them. But I'm, I just keep seeing the same repeat type of errors, which creates these defeats. So when they play well, they're going to absolutely smash teams up because they're so positive. But you have to, at times, just rein it back in for a little bit and then go again. But I don't know what Michael thinks. I, I but think we've got to stop saying, you know, it's made them successful. You know, all right, they've played great cricket and they've got to number one, but they've won nothing. You know, winning trophies, we don't know how to win them because none of us have, mm. have ever been involved in winning a, a Men's World Cup. But mm. the experience from us watching the game tells you that you can't just play one way. Okay. History tells you that you can't play one brand of cricket because if you do, the opposition can plan to play against you. And it's quite obvious that Australia, they were very clever today. The selections were good and bringing Lyon in, brought Berendorf, swinging the ball back to the right-handers early. Very clever selection, but you know the way in they're going to play. And you know that if you get a couple of... They'll keep going at you. So if England had batted this morning with the ball zipping around, would they have dug in like Warner mm. dug in for those... First? Probably not. They'd have swung the bat. They'd probably been three down quickly. So we can talk conditions. We can talk the toss and the decision. Yeah. Ultimately... England probably wouldn't have played the same way because it's not the way that they play. And if they don't, over the next few days, realise that and go, you know, India on Sunday, it might be a similar, it might be a 250 wicket. Yeah. Can they get in the game or can they chase down that target by playing a little bit smart? I'm bored of saying it. I'm sure everyone but is. It, it's just playing cricket to win. Yeah. It's not playing the aggressive. It's playing cricket to win the match. And that's what England have to do now is find two performances. I don't care how they do it. They've got to win. And that's what the group have to talk about. Forget the, the brand and the strike rates. They've got to talk about winning. How are we going to win the game on Sunday? End of. Yeah. And that's going to be the crucial thing, is reading situations. And you wonder if... You know, I think Owen Morgan is, is an excellent captain. Tactically, I think he's very, very good because he changes things around in the field and he'll have some funky field placings, etc. at times. But I don't think we read the conditions quickly enough to work out what, what was happening today. Overhead conditions, it may swing. Obviously, we saw the Australians swing the ball. I thought Chris Wokes was OK. Could have, again, pitched it a yeah. little bit further up. It was just a little too bit. short, though, wasn't it? But Archer yeah. and Wood were far too yeah. short. They didn't draw the, the batsman forward at all. And as we all know, Mike will know as an opening batsman that if you're having to go forward, you're being asked questions. We didn't really do that. And I'd like to see the, the actual um, wagon wheels of where they scored their runs early on because it felt to me as though too much was off the back foot and a lot of things went square of the wicket, a few pulls and things. If it, there's something in the pitch, pitch it up, make them hit back down the ground and try and work those You've edges. got to bring in every dismissal. Mm. You know, when you get in conditions like England found themselves with the ball in hand this morning, you've got to bring in LBW, ball, court behinds, and then if you just drop it short, of course, you might get a lucky one. You might get one... You know, being cut to, to cover point, you might get a top edge pull shot. That, that's the nature of cricket. But I don't think England this morning just asked enough questions no. of, of all the dismissals. And the Australian bowlers actually were much fuller than England. Well, it, was, mm. it was almost half volley. They've got it so full up there. And then and the ball does will, will swing Stark, there. Stark does that. Stark yeah. gets the ball in hand, and all he thinks about is hitting the pole. He'll trap him, trap him on the crease. That, that, that is the thing. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see if you were a fly on the wall in that dressing room. Exactly what England are saying, whether that's coming from the coach, Trevor. I think Bayless, I can see um, Simon Mann down there. So I'm just going to interrupt you with Owen Morgan. Yes, yeah, so I've got uh, England captain Owen Morgan with me. Owen, your third defeat is your heaviest defeat of the tournament. Uh, was that your most disappointing performance? Um, I think all round, uh, probably with the bat, yes. Uh, I think again, we were left short with the basics. I thought Australia bowled well up front to make early inroads. Being 20 for three obviously sets you back quite a, quite a lot. But 
to, to fail to build substantial partnerships that can contribute to chasing a score like that down um, is disappointing. I thought with the ball, uh, we were very good up front, but failed, so I suppose, to, to make a bit of luck or create a chance. We beat the bat a hell of a lot, having made Australia play, uh, play and miss, uh, which is, you know, it's the rub of the green sometimes that we didn't have that. And then the substantial partnership up front, they, they capitalised on. But I think probably from about 25 overs to 50, uh, we did extremely well to peg Australia back. For a long time, they were looking like getting 330 or 340. So the bowlers did a really good job there. Did you bowl a bit too short initially with the new ball? Um, I think when you're making guys play the whole time and they're missing the ball, uh, I don't think it is. I thought the guys perhaps maybe chased it a little bit after we'd bowled well. But initially, I don't think they're all too short. All things being equal, I remember a game here against India last year where you, you batted first. If the conditions hadn't been like they were this morning, would you inclined to bat first because that's three defeats batting second now? Yeah, I think you know my decision was based on the conditions. If the wicket was harder, the wicket was actually really soft this morning. Um, obviously, overheads as well. Everything lent itself towards bowling. Um, but on a ground that I've, you know, it's my home ground, I know the place inside out. If the wicket was harder, regardless of the overhead conditions, I probably would have batted. Are you feeling the pressure of being the hosts, of being the favourites? No, not at all. Um, we are in charge of how we go from here on in. Uh, we win two games, we definitely go through. Uh, it was likewise today, if we win every game going in, it's a matter of producing that performance in, in one, if not both, of the next two games. Well, what's confidence like in that dressing room? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's... It uh, probably, has it taken a hit? Uh, I wouldn't say... Uh, here, it's not where it was at at the start of the tournament, simply because we started really, really well. I think it's a matter of rebuilding it. India is going to be a tough challenge on Sunday, so is, uh, is New Zealand uh, the following week in Durham? So it's a matter of rebuilding that at any given stage, going back to our strengths and hopefully sticking to it. What about Ben Stokes? I mean, he played a, a fine injury, bowled well as well. Uh, he, he looked to be struggling with an injury. Can you update us on that in any way? Uh, no, it was cramp. It's obviously a hot day here today. Ben plays a, a role in every facet of our game. He runs from end to end in the field and uh, bowls fast and then obviously has made a major contribution with the bat. So it's nothing, nothing to worry about. It's just cramp. What do you think you'll be saying to your side in the next few days? Yeah, today is actually easier than the game against Sri Lanka. Today, in many ways, we didn't compete for a lot of the game. Australia outplayed us, showed us how strong their basics were at the moment, and ours need to be better. Yeah. And it, it's getting tight now, isn't it, in this World Cup? You've got to win some games. Yeah, one if not two. Um, I mean, we're in control of that. Hopefully we can produce. Owen, thanks very much for your time. Thank, Thank you very much. So let's hear from Ben Stokes. He's with Rob Bonnet. From a personal point of view, with the bat, good performance. But it's hard to argue that England right now played both with bat and ball today. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, two two performances like that with the bat as a team is is disappointing and, and something that you know we're not going to shy away from. But you know, you got to give credit to to the way that Sri Lanka and Australia bowled us um, over the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to take too much. We're a good team at, at letting good performances go and also letting bad performances go as well. We know you have a plan A, but is there a plan B when things get tough it, when you're batting? Uh, we've always got that with plan A um, and then adjust to um, whatever's in front of us. What kind of adjustments were made though today? 
you can say that because we lost um, all 20 for three. It's easy to say that we've gone away from what we do. We need to do this. We need to do that. But you know that's what pundits say. Um, but you know we're a team with with massive belief in the changing room and in terms of our method and what works best for us. Um, and we won't shy away from that. Now I dare say in the dressing room there's been a bit of a gloomy atmosphere and maybe a few calculations about what needs to be done. But one win whether it's against India or New Zealand, isn't really going to be enough, is it? You've got to win both the remaining matches. Uh, well, we'd be trying to win both, yeah. Um, but now, you know, the same message as always from, um, you know, within the dressing room when we lose, which is, you know, just keep going. We, we know it wasn't our best performance today, but um, we know when we turn up and we play our best game, um, you know, teams can't compete with us. So a final thought then, this World Cup is still within England's grasp, is it? 100%. From BBC Radio 5 Live, this is the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Um, what do you pick up from those interviews then, um, everybody? I mean, it's, uh, I think, I mean, okay, Morgan, is, you, know, you, you do defend your players, don't you? And I think we'd probably say that we thought that, that they were a bit too short to start with. But I thought, although, in, in other aspects of his interview, was quite honest, wasn't he? Especially about the confidence, actually, and saying it's not where it was at the start. Yeah, I think he speaks very well. You know, he doesn't hide behind things. Yes. I think the lengths that, that he bowled on reflection when he actually looks at the uh, the analyst's um, bowling chart, it will show that he mm. was a little bit too short. But he doesn't hide behind things. He knows they're not playing well enough and the confidence will take a hit and be really interested to see if we are a fly on the ball, what he will say to his team, what Trevor Bayliss will say to his team because they'll say, no, we're in a bubble. We won't take any notice of what's going on outside. But I promise you from past experience, even if you say you don't read the newspapers or won't listen to radio, TV, you will know exactly because it will be your family, your mates or whoever mm. will tell you. So that little pressure, and I don't actually like the word pressure because it is just a word, but the expectation is going to grow and grow and grow. And going into Birmingham on Sunday, where that is going to be an India home crowd. It will, absolutely it will. On a pitch which doesn't generally have pace, mm. even though it will be a new surface, I understand. It will be hard work, hmm. so there's a lot to do between now and Sunday. Yeah, that confidence, Michael, that, that, that is going to be key, isn't it? I mean, to lose two games and to know again, well, as, as we said today, but to, to know that really there, there, there is no bottom line now. They, they've just got to get out there and win these two. Yeah, because somehow as a leader, I mean, you know, I, I thought he spoke with, with honesty. Yes. Uh, look, he got it wrong in terms of the bowling. The bowling wasn't good enough, wasn't full enough. As, as Alex said, the, the data will prove that. Hmm. Um, what he's got to do now between now and Sunday as a leader is somehow try and get around his team individually. He's got to find confidence in Johnny Bairstow. He's got to try and blow up Johnny Bairstow's tyre somehow because Johnny is such a key component of the side. I can't see how Jason Roy can play Sunday and be anywhere near fit. Well, I was going to ask you about this. I mean, how much, how much, is that pressure word again, but how, how much you know, pressure is there going to be on, on England to get him out there? Because, well, you know, Vince, Vince is, again, I mean, he's failed again today. James Vince can't play for me on Sunday. I just don't see how you can continue to play James Vince at the top. He's had three games now, he's had three failures. Under the pressure of what this World Cup now is, you know, it, it might be that they get to Jason Roy and that they have to wheel him out somehow. It might be at that stage that England do need to win two games of cricket. And it might be that they have to get Jason Roy out there to win him a game potentially. And if he does his hamstring, well, he might have helped win the game. He's going to do more than James Vince at the minute. And James Vince looks to me like. That, that was a pretty good ball today, but he's had so many failures playing for England. It was a loose, was a loose he, shot to a, to a decent ball, yeah. He's had so many failures under the pressure. You've got to remember, James Vince has played in some big games. He's played in Ashes series yeah. and he's now played in the World Cup. I just don't see how you, you can roll him out against Bumrah, Shami on Sunday no. at Edge Baston. I think it would be worth, and the medical team will work 
24-7 to try and make sure that Jason Roy is wheeled out there on Sunday. But then again, that heaps it onto him, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, back he comes. He's, he's, he's undoubtedely not going to be 100%. Uh, tomorrow's he result. For I think tomorrow's result, Pakistan, yeah. New Zealand, will decide mm. what they do with Jason Roy. Yeah. I think if Pakistan turn New Zealand over, then they may have to press the gamble button and go, Jason, we need you. We understand that you play, you may go bust, and that's your tournament finish and potentially the yeah. start of the Ashes. Of the but we've got yeah. to that stage, um, which isn't ideal for any individual. It's not ideal for a team to know that they're going in there with a, a wonderful player, but a really high-risk question mark against his fitness, not just in that game, but for later on in the summer too. So see where they are tomorrow after the Pakistan-New Zealand game, and then I think decisions will be a little bit clearer. Yeah, and also you know, you're looking at Moeen Ali. You know, Moeen Ali is a, a key component, and he will have to play on Sunday. They will need two spinners. Yeah. You know, the pitch will take a bit of spin. And again, Moeen Ali got criticised for his shot against Ryan. Absolutely right, he should have been. But what you have to do as a team in that dressing room and around the, the hotel over the next few days, you somehow as a leader and a group of management, you're in management now, you've got to try and get the, the good feeling back into the players. Somehow you've got to show them all their, their good innings over the course of the last, uh, last few years. They need to find over the next few days just that inner belief because there'll be lots of talk. There'll be, the charts will come out, you know, the blackboard will be out, and there'll be many. There'll be many. We will be saying they need to do things differently. Somehow they've got to try and find a way of finding confidence in individuals. What, what they mustn't do is panic, though. They've still to keep that calm head, and that's where Morgan is an outstanding leader. You know, he doesn't have too many highs, he doesn't have too many lows. Now, going back to your point about James Vince, he shouldn't open suggesting here because he so far hasn't done it so that pressure the word I hate is, is building yep. do they go and if Jason Roy isn't right or it's a little bit too risky do they go Moen Ali yep. and just go go out there and express yourself almost be the Moen Ali that we saw when he first came into international cricket express yourself if you get out early but being attacking so what but that's your strength hitting the ball and then allow whether it's a Liam Plunkett to come in a Tom Curran I don't think they'll go with Liam Dawson um, against against uh, India though I don't think they'll play three spinners um, but look at something different but may just catch India by surprise but also free up Moen Ali I would prefer that you mean we've been around international sport enough to realise that for James Vince to suddenly go on Sunday and produce an unbelievable performance that is so hard with it, the pressure it, that it is looks on. a long shot at the it, it does yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it probably the best shot would be if Jason isn't right to throw Moen at the time and say go on Moen just go and, go and have a go at Bumrah just try and take it won't be easy by the way because he's outstanding but go and have a go at him or Agus you could is get your moment? wish is it my moment <laughs> you could get your wish is Chris you know, Wokes finally open the batting why not you know it might be at that stage <laughs> that they might have to do something well, of course like... Joe Root did it as well uh, early didn't he so, you know. I wouldn't do that I'd just, okay. Joe Root stays at three he's the glue but it, yep. they may have to think out the box for that opening position if Jason Roy is oh, at four. it might be my moment I'm enjoying this, this conversation I know I'm sure you are <laughs> I've, I've, worked, I've worked out that Pakistan will finish on 11 points yep. and England are at the risk of finishing on 10 yep. which means they'd finish fifth doesn't it <laughs> 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 might not even get to ten. They might only have eight. <laughs> We'd take ten. Which puts them about eight. But ten's not going to get you in this. No, it's not. No. That's so that, the that's, problem. that's where it's all interesting. Yeah, yeah. Look at Mr. Smug over there. This is lot yeah, yeah. of qualified. Well, you sound surprised. Well, you, you need you need to remember that Australia have now won consecutive World Cup matches on this ground. The 1999 final yeah. and today. All right, Jim. Who do you okay, want? You who, who do you want in the semis? Come on. Who will want in the semis? Well, uh, I would say if Australia could play New Zealand and, um, you know, India can deal with England or Pakistan. And, uh, You'll be happy. Yeah, be happy, yeah. What have we got left to pick over? Berendorf, uh, does that surprise you, that performance? 
Jim, I mean, he's, he's always been talented. He's had, had injury woes, hasn't he? But he, he like all, uh, all Australian fast bowlers, there's always an injury problem. Uh, it has, has surprised me, given that it was only his second game in the tournament. Yes. So there's been, they've been on a bit of a fishing expedition, let's face it, to, to try and cover a gap that's really been created by the fact that um, one of their best bowlers in one-day cricket, Josh Hazelwood's not here. Hmm. And so they've, you know, they've tried Coulter Nile, and I honestly don't think his bowling's been good enough. Not consistent enough. I, you know, I, I think, think under the cosh of a, a tense game and a good deck, he could go around the park. They've got away to an extent with Stoinis. Uh, I'm still not convinced that uh, at this stage he's a better bet than Mitch Marsh. Certainly not with the ball. Hmm. Uh, Marsh is just disappointed with the bat. But um, you look at Marsh's numbers, and uh, Andy might be able to look them up, but Mitch Marsh's numbers in one-day cricket are pretty impressive. So when you look at the squad they have here, it's... It's pretty easy to argue that this is probably not the best squad that they could have put out. And yet, it's producing an 11, as we've seen today, uh, that's certainly full of confidence, that there's Nathan Lyon playing only his 26th one-day international for a guy who's taken 343 test wickets. Mm. Come on, folks. Never played a World Cup game before. It does seem very odd, doesn't it? It does. But... Either by by design or accident, they seem to have got to a point of getting the combination right now. Yes. And uh, I, I think this is a combination that could certainly win the, the tournament. Mitchell Stark's the best strike bowler mm. in the last two World Cups. Sure. And we saw evidence of that again today. No one hits the stumps more often than Mitchell Stark or the pads. Yeah. So One, uh, one day cricket is, is, is interesting, isn't it? And if you're on a winning roll, you steamroller on. Once you get to that mm. top of the hill and down you go, it, it takes actually takes quite a lot to turn it back round again, doesn't well, it? Well, that's why it's uh, it's interesting to see you know how England respond from this. Mm. You know, we haven't seen England lose two on the trot for such a long period of time. We're, we're not used to it. We, we're used to them, and they spoke about it yesterday that they're used to responding and, and hammering the the next team that's in front of them. They did that to Bangladesh after the, the defeat to Pakistan, and you know this will hit them hard. This will hit them hard, but they're not out of it. You know, and they've got a lot of character in that dressing room. They've got a lot of talent, but they're going to have to spend a bit of time with each other, just just trying to find a method. And also, I think it's good to talk about negativity. I think sometimes you can just talk about all the positive things. Oh yeah, but we did this. No, no, no. Just sit down and talk about the negative things that they've done over the last four days. Because if they don't and they don't address them and don't accept that they've made mistakes, I can't see how they go forward. If they sit in a room and go, "You did that wrong. You did that wrong." By the way, if we get in that position again, you've got to play differently point at a few fingers you're allowed to you're allowed to have a bit of a go at each other that's mm. sport that's in a dressing room environment that's normal you can't all be friendly and pat you know moaning oh nice chap come back tomorrow you know you know skip you know bottle a bit full and no have a go at each other and try and point the finger because to win a world cup you're gonna have to be harsh to each other at times and now's the time not not to us don't, don't tell us what you're doing in the dressing room or in the team room point a few fingers arrive at edge baston and try and produce a more consistent performance you just heard Owen morgan say the basics hmm. and that's what england have to deliver will the basics be good enough to beat india maybe not maybe not but you're better off starting there than trying to be completely flamboyant and getting exposed too soon like they have been done today Let's get a statistical insight into what's happened today, shall we? Well, just Andy? quickly on Jim's question, Mitchell Marsh, as a, as a bowler in ODI cricket, um, averages 35 economy rate 5.5 and Stoinis averages 42 economy rate 6.1. Their batting stats are ve- very similar. Um, a, a few things to 
pick up from today's game. We've talked a lot about how brilliant England have been at chasing. They'd won 17 consecutive chases at home and they've now lost three out of four mm. in this tournament. They've been bowled out um, in their last 43 innings at home, so since the start of 2016, sorry, 43 innings anywhere, they've been, sorry, no, this is home, they've been bowled out um, only four times under 265. There was a, a dead game here against South Africa when they were six down for 20, were bowled out for one try. But the other three have been in major tournaments. There was the Champions Trophy semi-final in Cardiff on a, mm-hmm. you know, a slow, difficult pitch, yep. and then the two um, in the last few days in this World Cup. And when you look at the, the scoring rates in ODIs in England outside those two tournaments, compared within those two tournaments there's about a 10 to 12 percent drop off um so the one day is between 2015 and 2017 up to that champions trophy runs are scored at 6.14 in the champions trophy 5.54 in between the champions trophy in this world cup 6.43 and in this world cup it's been down at 5.7 and some of the grounds have had a huge drop off southampton down from 6.4 to 4.7 per over so it's almost a different type of cricket mm. and england have not been Andy, do you know what they need to do? They need to all go in the room and just put their hand up and walk into them and said, I've got a problem batting on slow wickets. And if they all do it, they've <laughs> yeah. got a, a problem batting on these kind of wickets and they, they may improve by, by just admitting a they, little bit. They have of, played on some absolute roads, haven't yeah, they, come, yeah. coming up to this? And they've stood there and smacked a ball that hasn't moved an inch. But top sides are adaptable. Yeah. That, that is a the thing. They think on their feet. It's not just we'll play this way regardless. And this is where, going back to Michael's point about the dressing room, the best dressing rooms are honest dressing rooms where they're prepared to dig each other out pull each other up praise him as well but be brutally honest both the individual about himself and about his teammates too and he might fall out for 10 minutes he might fall out for an hour but so what because in the bigger scheme of things that will bring the team together and that will make the team stronger because they're learning and developing there's the defeat so far there were moments where they should have beaten Pakistan, mm. moments where they should have beaten Sri Lanka. Not sure about today. No, they, 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 no. Were, just, they were they were out of the There wasn't one facet of, of the game today. When you look at you know selection, uh, mentality, pre-match, uh, batting, bowling, fielding, mm. captaincy, there wasn't one facet that I reckon England matched Australia today. I reckon they won the last 15 overs of Australia's batting innings. And that was it. The rest yeah. of the time, they got absolutely hammered. From BBC Radio 5 Live, this is the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Well, Andy, before we uh, read out some more of these uh, emails, uh, man of the match. Come on, I just said that. It's always the batsman that get the man of the match, isn't he? He knocks out 100 and that's it. Let's give it to him. It, Bowlers never get it. No, and, and to me, the decisive player in the match was was Mitchell Stark. You know, Berendorf got five and, and bowled superbly in yeah, started things going with that brilliant delivery to, to Vince. But Stark got out England's best player, Joe Root, with an absolutely perfect in-swinger. He got out England's captain, Morgan, and then when the one moment where it looked like England might turn the game, he bowled out Ben Stokes with a... Yes. The Another beauty. glorious delivery, was, and, and we're talking about his stats. He's the bowler who hits the stumps most in the history of one-day cricket out of those who've taken at least 70 wickets. He's got 41 wickets in 15 World Cup matches. Only one other player has ever taken more than 34 in a 15-match match sequence. And he's, that was his 17th four-wicket innings in 82 matches. Now, the next highest number of forfeits at this stage of a player's career was 12 by Wacker Yunus and right. Sacklane Mushtak. His numbers in white ball cricket, particularly World Cups, extraordinary. Currently, 41 wickets, averaged 13.9 in World Cups. Yeah. So tall, the angle, 
the ability to bowl right up in the block hole and with that bit of reverse swing yeah. too. And that's that's the ingredients to Mitchell's and style. At, at a high pace. Fantastic to watch as yeah. well as a, oh, yeah. as a cricket fan. It's glorious. You feel him, man. When he runs in, he, he just looks rather sinister, doesn't he? I mean, he's just got this, you know, this presence. He runs in. It's, it's quite smooth. It's quite short. It looks rather clinical to me. And uh, we've seen Australia struggling one day cricket not just with the 5-0 defeat over here with a shadow team last summer but but more more generally and his return to form even when I think he's such a good white ball bowler he's almost turned them from potential also rounds to you know possible tournament winners Right, well, let's cheer ourselves up then. We're still trying to chalk off all these countries around the world, aren't we? At the latest count, we're one short of the 150 milestone. Douglas Crook, I'm just reaching the end of my shift working in Algeria. Thought I should check in to help fill out the flags of the world here in the Sahara. No grass around apart from the few patches irrigated here in the compound to add a touch of greenery. So not much risk of an impromptu game of cricket breaking out anytime soon unless someone wants to practice for the first match on Mars. Thank you, Douglas. I have a, an old uh, magazine from the 1930s that has a very entertaining page on what cricket would be like if it was played on the moon. Oh. Maybe in a future podcast later in the tournament we well, can You wouldn't can be able to catch the, wouldn't the ball just float off well, and everyone was, just float away. It was in the 1930s and they weren't entirely sure what the moon would be like, but they did. Yeah, there would be some enormous sixes, so it might be something that yeah. the uh, ECB You'd might to, like to look out for the hundreds. Tie people down, wouldn't you? Or how does that work? Yeah, be tricky, certainly. Yeah. Um, Thomas Crew says, Hello, TMS. You've been a constant companion through my two years studying at Stanford in the US. Uh, as a graduation gift to myself, I'm now travelling around Central America. Thus far, I've listened to TMS in Belize and Guatemala, ahead of El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, Costa Rica, and Nicaragua. Um, well, that's four new countries ticked off. We'd had some of them, and that's four. Well, that's a glorious stroke from uh, from Thomas Crew. That's yeah, well done, Thomas. That's, that's gone flying to the ropes. Andrew Prentice, uh, hi all. A friend and fellow TMS fan tells me you're still after a listener in the Gambia. I work here for the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Emails to half my collaborators worldwide have cricket comments when a match is on. The other half are Americans and other Europeans who have yet to be converted to cricket, but I'm working on them quite right, Andrew. No, keep, keep working. The world needs more cricket. Um, Mike Lord, as bad as South Africa have been, I've been enjoying your World Cup podcasts in Libreville, uh, Gabon. I hope that's uh, a new country for you to tick off. It is indeed. Excellent. Is on the list. Ian Phillips, working and listening to the commentary in Busan, South Korea. As an Englishman who sat the Australian citizenship test last week, I'm now dreading my return to Perth. Well, that is jumping ship, isn't it? It is rather. A couple yeah. of defeats that's in the following, World following Cup following and the winners, leaving the country. Yep. Um, this comes from Peter Davis. Hi, Agus and Co. I'm listening to the podcast in the sky above Laos on my way home to Hong Kong from Chiang Mai in Thailand, where I've been working. I took off with Australia at 244 for five with 5.3 overs left and I have to wait nervously until I land to see if England have kept up their momentum. Well, I'm afraid there is bad news. Yes. Um, P.S. I once faced Aggers on the Lodge Quad at school yes. where he'd come to visit his brother. I must have been aged 14. He was about 21. Needless to say, I never saw the ball, let alone blocked it. He bowled me for a duck with the perfect fast yeah, Yorker. Sounds familiar. It was a great, great fun, that quad cricket. Uh, see, James Whitaker was, in, was with me and he used to keep slamming it over into... It was, it was six and out into the dustbins. And, uh, and James would do that quite regularly. Short pitch, probably only 12 yards. The right-handed peak Mitchell Stark. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a drain... You know, on a good length. That's always key in that level of cricket, yeah. isn't it? No, the drawing. So there we go. Good old quad cricket. The TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app for a new episode every day.